We'll preach a long time. We're going to preach all day. This, hey, the, the food is already over there. We don't got to be in a hurry, amen. Yeah. Ain't nobody going to beat you out at Kentucky Fried Chicken, yeah. amen. So, I mean, if you lived where we lived, maybe. Oh, man, I'll tell you, you got the worst Kentucky Fried Chicken up there. You know why, don't you? Because it's not in Kentucky. It's in Delaware. Holy cow. Anyway, uh, thank God he at least allows us to eat up there. But anyway, that don't mean we got to, <laughs> don't mean we like it. Amen. Amen. I'm so glad to be a southern young man. Boy, I tell you, man, the food is wonderful down here, ain't it? Amen. Sometimes I just sit around and think about my mama's cooking. Uh, tons and tons of unhealthy butter on on mashed potatoes. And food that has seasoning. Oh, my soul. Amen. You should come visit me up north sometimes and, and say, boy, they don't know how to cook up there. But anyway, hey, listen, all the ladies that know how to cook up there come from down here. Go up there and check it out and see if I'm not telling the truth. I'm a preacher. I don't lie. Amen. That's true. That is the truth. All the best things in the world come from the South. And I don't care what nobody says about that. The reason they're all mad at Southerners is because they're jealous. That's right. That's right. Amen. So whatever they've invented to make you feel bad about yourself, don't do that. Amen. That's going to be one of my messages from now on is... Is Now, pride is a bad thing, except for if you're proud of being from the South. God likes that. God likes that. He gave you the best weather. He gave you the best food. He gave you the best accent. He gave you, I mean, everything. Everything. Gave you the best of everything. You should be happy about that. Genesis 37 is where we're going to preach this morning. I was going to preach out of Matthew 10, but it changed my mind. And so we're going to preach out of Genesis chapter 37 this morning. I'd like to get back to the subject we was talking about in Sunday school because we need some good boys. We need some good boys. We need some good men. This world needs good men. What about women? I don't know nothing about that. I've never been a woman. I don't want to be a woman. Amen. Uh, I just never had the desire to be a woman. Amen. I don't care what women does. That's y'all's business. Have at it. Amen. I'm not trying to get in touch with my feminine side. Like Brother Mark says, I don't have no feminine side. Brother Mark has a feminine side named Helga, but I don't have any. I don't, I don't, I don't have none. Amen. Oh, Lord have mercy. I was born this way. Amen. Uh, I'm, I, I like girls. I'm married, so I'm not looking for any girls, but man, uh, women are wonderful. I don't want to be one, and I'm never going to be one. Amen. Uh, we need, but we need good men. Need, uh, y'all can have a women's meeting and find out how to be a good woman. Some lady might know that. <laughs> I don't know. See, I just don't know. Uh, they have, at the church we go to, they have a women's meeting every year. I just don't. I'm not a woman, so I don't go. They could be plotting to take over the world for all I know. I don't know. So, I don't know. I'm not the senior pastor there, so I have no control over it. So, but at any rate, maybe you can come, and maybe they'll have something good for you. I don't know. I don't know about that because I'm not a woman, don't know how to be a woman. Except for what's in the Bible, I couldn't tell you how to be a good woman. Except for be a Christian woman, 
I know a few things about that. But at any rate, we did talk about this morning in Sunday school. It's such a great topic. I'm talking about a little bit right now, ain't I? But we certainly do need some good men. Good men. Raise them to be men. Not ashamed to be men or afraid to be men. And on top of that, be a Christian man. There is nothing wrong with that. We live in a society where people are now afraid to say anything. Uh, afraid to, listen, just get, let them fire you. Just say what you're going to say and let them fire I heard that they're now firing men because they won't use people's pronouns. Thankfully, I didn't pay attention in English, and I don't know what pronouns are. So I ain't worried about that at all. If I get fired, uh, I work at a church. If a church fires me for not using somebody's pronouns, I shouldn't have been at that church to begin with. So I do nothing that I know of that's normal. I didn't go to Bible school, so I don't know how to be a preacher. I'm not a holy man. I'm not a cleric. I'm not a priest. I'm just a guy that was saved. I was living a rough life. And so God saved me uh, as a little kid, but I still got my eyes on the wrong kind of men. Started acting like them. Got myself in a lot of trouble. God forgave me of that. I got right with God. God allows me to say some things once in a while. Like, I don't preach 52 weeks a year. Uh, the only reason I get to preach at this church is I used to be the pastor of it. Amen. So no other church is asking me to come preach their revivals. I'm too mean. And what it is is the men are scared. The men are scared. Like, in private conversation, all these preachers believe what I believe. They just scared to say it in front of the people that goes to their church. And you fellas, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. To, if you learn something is right, now be afraid to do wrong. God will whoop you. God will whoop your backside for that kind of stuff. Uh, but God is also good and gracious and merciful. And if you live that way with that kind of knowledge and learn what right is and learn what wrong is and say something about it, Man, things this world would be so much better. But now people are afraid to say anything about anything. And uh, things were so much better when, when mothers would tell their, you know, I mean, uh, they would just tell their kids what was right and what was wrong. And men would tell their, their kids what was right and what was wrong. And if I, started say, if I started giving you examples, we wouldn't be here at 3 o'clock. Amen. I want to preach this sermon. Like this, this sermon outline should only take like 12 minutes to preach. But I, I somehow have a suspicion that it might get drawn out. I've already uh, preached about as long as it would take to, uh, to go through this. But, but at any rate, here in Genesis chapter uh, 37, there's a real good lesson. In Genesis chapter 37, I read verse 1 through 8, and then I read verse 19, and I get on with preaching. Uh, so verse 1, Genesis 37, if you're there, uh, I'll read a few verses here. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in, a land, in the land of Canaan. Uh, these are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah. His father's wives. That fellow messed up already. Got two wives, ain't he? Amen. Amen. See, that's the kind of stuff that blows my mind about the Bible. The Bible says Solomon was the wisest man that there ever was. And the sucker had a whole bunch of wives. I don't get that at all. Uh, that, so you can be real smart and still be stupid. Amen. That's one of the lessons that you learn from the Bible. Ain't that right? Have you, listen, stop playing games. Stop playing these religious games about how good you are. You're stupid. 
Amen. And you're rotten. You're rotten to the core. If it wasn't for Jesus, every one of you would be in hell. You ain't, Stop pretending that you're so good. Man, I'm so, I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of people looking across the aisle. And this woman ain't got this stuff on right. And I know she should. But she ain't. We had a lady come to our church in Delaware. And she was wearing her underwear on the outside. The yogurt pants. Amen. Uh, I guess it looks good on Instagram. But there ain't no real people that looks like that. People started wearing them to church. Maybe they don't do that in the South yet, but it's coming. And these fellas got all out of, out of whack about it. And I do see that from, from the standpoint of being a Christian. You shouldn't wear that to church. But obviously she didn't know that. And so witness to her and try to help her out because, man, you'd be doing the same thing if it wasn't for the Lord. You'd be dressing just like that and acting just like that too. And some of you devils was drunk this weekend. You're just hiding it this morning. Uh, amen. I, Nathan, when he was a boy, right here in this church, preached about drinking. And some fella in the church, I know who he is, uh, but he's like, Nathan, he preached like an hour on drinking. And ain't nobody here drinking. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised what people are doing. Uh, Might have been him. He was so upset about it. Amen. Uh, but... And, and I'm all for preaching. I'll preach on that stuff too if God leads me to. Amen. If God leads me to, I mean, I, I pray and ask God to tell me what to say. So if something comes out, I just assume it comes down from the heavens. But at the end of the day, all these people pretending like they so, man, just get it, get, get it in your mind. Remember how bad you was before you got saved. Don't forget that. Keep it in your mindset. You get in here and start pretending like you're something that you're not. Next thing you know, you won't accept nothing that's right and good. And you'll get bitter at everything that's right and good. And your mind will get, somehow people's mind get twisted around where all they are be bitter from now on and complain from now on. And then accept some stupidity that comes down the road and give their whole life to it. Like, for example, how many of you ladies would like for your husband to cheat on you? Anybody? No, that'd be stupid, right? Why in the world would you spend five minutes on Elvis or Brad Pitt? That don't make no sense to me. But we've got to that kind of society now because this is fake. And people put up with the fake in here until they start putting up with the fake out there. If you read... The second Thessalonians chapter 2, God said if you wasn't thankful and if you didn't love the truth, he would send you a strong delusion. And people talk about, I wouldn't come down out of that church with all those hypocrites. And we're all hypocrites. Every single person in this building is a hypocrite. And, and you got people that will come right or will say, I'll never come to this church because they're a bunch of hypocrites down there. And they send their kids to schools that's got, you know, fairy tale princess named Bob reading stories to their kids. That's the kind of stuff you get messed up in. So before I start preaching, don't get mad at me for saying something that, that's right about you. <laughs> don't get mad at me if you ain't going to get mad at what goes on out there. It's, somebody's got a hold of your mind and messed you up. All that preacher wants money. What does Verizon want? 
And when's the last time Walmart gave you a discount? Well, they got stuff on clearance sale for a dollar. Yeah, but it's only worth 50 cents. And you're paying for that and eating that stuff up, amen. So don't get mad at me. You were forewarned. This is bad, amen. This, this is going to be me. This ain't going to work out for your. This ain't going to work out in your favor except you get saved this morning. <laughs> Ask God to forgive you. That'll work out in your favor. You get mad at me. It's your own fault because you're stupid. Amen. And I know that because I was the same stupid person sitting on the pew going, man, when's this preacher going to get done? Well, when you get right. Get done when you get right. How's that? Amen. Look, like you come to the altar right now and we'll just go eat. But you, some of you ain't going to come even after I preach. So sit there and be stupid. That's all I can tell you. Amen. Amen. So what I'm, listen, don't, what I'm about to say, don't take it like this as some guy that thinks he's holy trying to tell me how to live. I don't care what you do. Go home and do whatever you want to do. I don't know you. I know some of you, but I don't really know none of you. I don't know who you are at home. Because when I was a pastor of this church, I didn't spend my time down at your living room spying on what you was doing. Amen? We never got together unless we was frying fish. Amen? So, I mean... I'm not some spy, and I'm not some holy man trying to rule your lives or change it, but I am a guy that's a rotten individual who God saved and cleaned up and helped me get off the path that I was on, a path of destruction, trying to tear my own life up. And I know this stuff is true, and I know it's right. I know these lessons will help you, and I'd be a fool just to try to pretend that I was something I ain't. So you stop pretending you're something that you're not. You're a rascal. No, I'm the deacon of this church. You a rascal is what you are. You a rascal. Well, I just think nobody cares what you think because it's probably wrong. And with that attitude, you're probably wrong about it. Amen. Amen. So what I say to you, I say to myself as well. Amen. Uh, And so this is right. This is right for you. This is right for me. And this is a great lesson we're about to learn here in this Bible. And just so few of us will take advantage of it. So few. It's so easy. Now, this is easy. It's real easy for me to see things in other people. What's hard for me is to see it in myself. Because I use this illustration. Man, I get people sometimes to raise their hand. And, and Lord have mercy. But I like to say, I tried it first here. And it worked here. But I uh, But anyway, boy, this is... I like to ask people... Because people say, he thinks he's right and everybody else is wrong. But what are you wrong about? I like to ask people that. What are you wrong about? And I'll say, how many of you are wrong about something that you think or something that you do? Just go ahead and raise your hand. Now, you don't have to do it because we've already played this game here. But, But I'll actually get people to raise their hand to that stupidity. And I'm like, why would you raise your hand? Change it then, stupid. If you know what's wrong, change it. But most people don't live their life that way. They live their life right about everything. I'm talking about their opinions and their attitudes and stuff like that. But, man, we all think that way about ourselves. I mean, listen, if if you think I'm preaching something wrong or saying something wrong, get your Bible and come. Let's talk after church. Listen, like, I actually believe this book. I'm not making a living off of this book. Amen? I'd be a lot skinnier than I am if I was making a living off of this book. Amen? 
And uh, my suit don't fit good because me and Ruth, me and Reese, been losing weight. Amen. He had some trouble with his liver, so we had, he had to lose a little weight. So I did it with him. Amen. If he can't have cake, you know, I did my best. Amen. Uh, <laughs> like I'm a grown up, I can sneak upstairs after he's asleep. And, and but no, I've been trying to do it with him. Amen. So. He's lost about 15 pounds, and, and I've lost quite a few pounds myself. My, my shirt don't fit, amen? Uh, my pants fit now, but they were tight to begin with. Man, I got up 80, 185 pounds. That's huge, man. That's huge. I graduated high school at 117. He's 10 years old. He weighed 114 pounds at the doctor's office. I was like, holy cow, I didn't weigh that until I was 17 years old. <laughs> Lord have mercy. So we lost some weight and stuff like that, but man... I say that because I'm, I'm uh, thinking about the food over there right now. Uh, but here's the thing. Let me read this passage of Scripture. i got so many things in my mind. We only have, what, five days, six days of this revival? Man, that is not enough time for me to preach everything I want to say. Like, I'm long-winded. But listen, mind your business. Uh, like, don't come back. Just don't come back if you don't want to sit here a long time listening to preach. Just don't come. Or get up and leave early. When you get full, get up and leave. Uh, it's not going to bother me at all because I don't really care. God told me to preach this stuff. I'm gonna, if you don't listen or don't believe it, that's your business. I'm not going to be mad at you. Get mad. Stand up. Call me a name. Meet me out back and we'll talk. We'll have a good time. I'm not going to be mad if you don't agree. But this stuff is right and it's good. And if it takes me two hours to say it, I mean, how long did Lord of the Rings last? How long does that movie last? Three hours. I know because I watched it. I thought it was a good movie. I watched all of it. Uh, When people sit for three hours and they, man, this guy's been talking for seven minutes already. What the world? So, whatever. I mean, if you don't like, I mean, if you don't like preaching, don't come to church. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. That's the way I feel about it. That's why I don't preach in it. <laughs> They'll let me preach one night, but not seven nights. Amen? You're a glutton for punishment. But anyway, uh, this stuff, I, what I was trying to say is, I believe this stuff. This stuff helps. It really helps. People will spend all day listening to Jordan Peterson. They're even calling Jordan Peterson a Christian now. Lord help us. But anyway, they'll listen to everything under the sun. Hours and hours and hours of self-help stuff on YouTube and stuff like that. People listen to that stuff day in and day out. Come to church. Well, why do you think we're in such trouble now? Listen, back in the day when people went to church and they'd spend three hours in a hot, muggy church. This building's so hot. It's in southeast Georgia. That's only two zip codes away from hell. It's going to be hot down here. Like there's a sun out there and this earth is out here and near the equator. It gets hot. Like you wouldn't be any better off if you moved up north. It's terrible up there. It's just cold. And so, I mean, people used to come to church, stay in church all day. And, well, you know, they didn't have it. They didn't have school shootings either. Amen. I believe those things are directly related. Uh, they didn't have as much divorce then. and I, They had some, and I'm not saying they didn't have no men being abusive to women or women being abusive to men. I'm not I didn't saying they don't have none of that stuff. There's always been bad stuff going on in the world. But I'm saying this country and this country's history, 
There was a good time in our history where things were good and right. Not perfect, but good and right. And we're going away from that. We're going in the opposite direction. And the thing I want to preach to you this morning would be straight to you about it. But man, you get back to this kind of living and things will change. And maybe it won't change in your whole community, but it'll change in your house. It'll change in your house. Let me, so let me read it to you. These are the generations of Jacob. I, I think I already read that verse, didn't I? Or didn't I? Oh, I got, I got sidetracked when I was talking about this guy with two wives. Amen. Well, I think it's worth talking about. I hope my wife only has ever one husband. And I hope I only have one wife. Amen. And so I'd pay attention right here. Uh, so he says, so let me read verse 2 then. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. You think that's fair? I just keep seeing things to talk about. That, that, you know, I should throw all of these things away and just preach whatever comes, <laughs> whatever comes from it. Amen. But have you ever read stuff like that? Is that fair? You're afraid to say, ain't you? <laughs> I mean, it's in the Bible. You're afraid to say stuff like that. Have you ever read, Lord have mercy, have you ever read after Jesus died on the cross, was buried and all that stuff, and the, the disciples went back to fishing, and how Jesus made some, he like made a fire and made fish and stuff like that, and all the guys were out there fishing on the boat, Naked. What's up with that? That's stupid. <laughs> like, look, I don't want to put no stupid visions in your head, but if me and Clint and Curtis and Nathan and Tommy go fishing, we will be fully clothed. Now, look, you're not talking about just preachers. You're talking about John. And Peter and James, they're fishing naked. These are the men in the Bible we're supposed to look up to. Paul the Apostle wrote a whole chapter in the Bible that says, I'm a rotten guy. The things that I preach, the things I say you ought to do, I don't do those things. That's Romans chapter 7. That's why I say, stop pretending we are all rascals. Now this guy, it says... There's lessons all the way around here. This guy, Joseph, he loves one of his kids better than the rest. And guess which one of his kids took the brunt of that? Amen. Now, I make a deal, I make a big deal over all my kids. Amen. Once upon a time, Brother Mike got married. Amen. And then he had got a uh, he got a kid. Tori came along. This is my kid. What a wonderful kid. And I love my kid. All of a sudden, I had two kids. I was like, Alan, what do I, father-in-law? You know, I'm like, Alan, what do I do now? I got two kids. <laughs> here's one. Here's two. He said they're both your kids. I'm like, man, that's odd, though, ain't it? Got more than one kid. And then next thing you know, I got three, and they're all girls. I'm going to need a divorce now. <laughs> leave, leave, leave. Hey, the king of England couldn't get a boy. He started cutting their heads off. <laughs> Henry VIII. That's Henry VIII, if y'all never read history books. 
See, I'm an outlaw, but I've read more history than you guys have. Henry VIII, like he had a bunch of wives because they couldn't have boys. Okay, you've got to go. He calls up the Pope on his cell phone and says, hey, can I get a divorce? The Pope says no, so he kills her, cuts her head off. <laughs> like it never occurred to him to try again. <laughs> History's full of stupid people, ain't it? Like, try again. Okay, so we've got a boy now. He's nine years different from all the rest of them, but amen. Keep trying. Amen. Amen. And love them all the same. Treat them all the same. Amen. Well, you know, this one's kind of hard to love. He's so stupid. Well, you, that, your genetics, that's your, your DNA. Amen. You did, you did that. Amen. Uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, tons of people was trying to get out. Man, I don't want to do this no more. Can't you? It seems reasonable to a belligerent mind. Can't you just let me out? And the answer is always, no. You signed the contract. Amen. You got to stay in, man. And so you, some of you fellas might not like your wives, but you got to stay with it. Amen. She probably don't like you much either, but she's, she's hanging in there, ain't she? Amen. You know, I got some good kids, but this one's pretty dumb. Amen. Well, turn off your soap opera and spend a little extra time with the, with the dummy. Amen. And listen, they, this message is getting longer and longer and longer. Stop talking to them like a dog. Their name is not dummy. Does that make sense to anybody but me? I mean, uh, I know people used to, and I said this in Sunday school, people live more by tradition than the way they're supposed to live in the Bible. Uh, I don't find nobody in the Bible calling their kid dummy. Uh, that's a, you say, that's just a kid. Well, that's a person. He's going to turn out some way or another. And if you've got a low opinion of him, why, oh, I don't know what's wrong with my kid. they got poor self-esteem. Well, I'm not for self-esteem. I'm for Christ's esteem. But somebody thinks something of themselves. And if they think they're stupid, you probably had something to do with that. And you ain't too bright yourself. Look at who you married. Amen. And uh, I guess people trying to make me mad, they say, you know, uh, they talk good about Ruth and bad about me. I mean, but hey, uh, if I got the best end of the deal, I'm, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I think she's a good woman. I, I think I married a good woman. Amen. So I'm not trying to put her down. And she's not trying to put me down. We're not trying to put her kids down. And that works. That works. Uh, we've had uh, a couple of disagreements. We've been married 23 years. It'll be 23 years, 24 years in February. I do actually remember our anniversary. Uh, in February, it'll be 24 years. And uh, we've been married a long time. We've had a few disagreements about how many firearms I buy, but that's about, that's about the extent of it. You don't knock down, drag out, and I don't call her names, and she don't call me names. I'm sure she's thought it in the back of her mind. <laughs> Amen. But we try to keep that stuff to ourselves because we ain't trying to, uh, I started to say we're not trying to start nothing. We started something 23 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So we're trying to make that last. Yeah. Amen. And I want my wife to be better than she was the day I married her. And she wants me to be a better man. We want to finish up better than we started. And we want our kids to do that too. And that takes concerted effort. 
Dummy, don't get it done. Amen. Pointing out one another's faults, don't get it done. And you ain't never had an argument that solved anything. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that. You need to stop watching TV. If, uh, I mean, I, I watch TV. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, if, you, if your expectations are too high for another human being, you probably got that expectation from watching TV. Amen? Amen. Well, you sure have gained a lot of weight since we got married. Amen. 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 I've heard people talk to one another like that. Well, he might have looked like a pro athlete when you married him, but he might have gained some weight, but you cooked the food. Amen. You cooked that stuff. Amen. And she probably don't look like she did when you got married either, but she had some kids and that was mostly your fault. Amen. And, you know, people will pay for marriage counseling and think this is the kind of stuff you ought not talk about out in public, but this is what you're going through. I don't care where you get the answer from. This is the stuff you're going through. You've got unreasonable expectations for one another, and all that stuff you're looking at out there that caused you to be dissatisfied with what you got now is fake anyway. All the stuff you see on TikTok is fake. All the stuff you see on Instagram is fake. All the stuff you see on TV is fake. If it wasn't fake, it wouldn't make anybody any money. That all feeds off of your dissatisfaction. What you need to do is get your little fat wife and your little fat husband around the, around the table somewhere and pray about things and get things worked out and decide you're going to finish what you started. Amen. Amen. You're displeased with one of your kids because they... Oh, he didn't make an A plus in reading. That stuff ain't worth ain't worth learning. Half of it ain't worth learning to begin with. Oh, my kid's not an my uh, my kid's not honor roll. He must be stupid. You should probably take him out of that school anyway. Uh, what, what you know? All these these kids, these teachers now are talking about. You go, you send them to school, and they teach them about not being judgmental. But then they give them a report card. Think about that just a minute. Don't be judgmental. Don't be judgmental. Johnny, you need to do better in spelling. I thought we wouldn't be in judgmental. Now, now people are making a living off of this stuff telling you not to do it. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Listen, if you, little Johnny don't make uh, honor roll, hug him around the neck, teach him how to work. Teach her how to get something done in life. Because I guarantee you they're not going to use algebra in whatever job they get in once they get out of school anyway. Amen? Uh, we need to stop letting public schools decide what we ought to emphasize in our kids' life. Get around the table somewhere, read the Bible with them, and pray and get some honest expectations out of them. If they don't do good and some things other people think they ought to do good about, hug their little neck. If they come home from school crying... Cry with them and say, let me see that bully that told you that, and I'll punch him in the nose. I don't care if it's a principal or who it is. Stand up for them. Let them know you're on their side. You say, well, I just read it to you here. Joseph made a big deal out of one of them, not the rest of them. Amen. Amen. Stay with them. Hang with them. Amen. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. And when the 
when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. You see what the problem is here. That, that tells you the problem right there in verse 4. Now it says, Joseph, this is the, this is the boy. Uh, and, and, boy, there's so many lessons in this. Joseph dreamed a dream. Uh, this boy, his father caused him some problems. His father caused him some problems. Amen? And then this boy, God still loves him even though he's got problems. Amen? Now this, this boy's daddy has put him in a position where nobody likes him. How about that? But God likes him anyway. Amen. So, well, this thing's a negative and it turns into a positive and then it turns into a negative. That's the way your life is going to work. You think it's going to be all positive and you think if it's not positive, you've got a mental problem or something. You had the mental problem to begin with, but you're living a normal life. Things are positive and then they'll turn negative and then they'll turn positive. And th- life is just a cycle. We live in an imperfect world that's cursed because Adam eat off a tree he shouldn't have ate off of. At the direction of a woman he shouldn't have been listening to. Amen. That's not my, prefe- my, that's not my preference. My wife is ten times smarter than me. She's better than, with money than me. She's better at organization uh, than I am. My wife is better than a lot of things. I take a lot of good advice from my wife. Amen. But that's not the way the Bible said to do. The Bible said a man's supposed to lead his house. That's what the Bible says. I can't do nothing about that. But the Bible has changed so much stuff in my life. I believe it. I'm going to stick with that. I don't care what psychologist or what you think about it or who gets mad about that. That's the way the Bible says it's supposed to be. You men need to get in your houses and start praying and asking God to help you and lead you and teach you and be patient and don't be rash and don't tear your house apart before you're able to put it back together again. God, help me to learn what I'm supposed to do. And as you begin to learn it, then start doing what you ought to do. Start doing the right thing. That's, you say, why? Because that's the way God wants it to be set up. Then you have a bunch of little kids and you love all your little kids and leave them right. If you, you say, I'd like to have less uh, negatives and more positives. Okay, then take these lessons that we're talking about right here and apply them to your life. Get the things right. Stop fussing and complaining about it. Just get it right. Well, I just don't think no man should tell me what to do. Well, just get the thing right. Find out what God says about it and get it right. I don't care. I'm not going home with you. Get mad if you want to. That's what God said about it. You men, you're upset because you've got to take more responsibility and you've got less time for fishing or whatever. That's not my problem. Get mad about it. Do what you want to do. But while you're down there neglecting what you're supposed to be doing at home, the stuff's still getting broke down there. It's not getting better. It's not going to get better until you start making it better. Well, I'll just go fishing and forget about it a little while. Problem's still going to be there when you get home, big boy. I just need some me time. Why? Why you need some you time? Are you that big of a sissy? That's the problem. Men are sissies in this day and time. Amen. Amen. They're making commercials now. Listen, I quit using Old Spice. Yeah, I had some Old Spice. Uh, you, don't, you can't get a bar of soap anymore. It's liquid form. I guess some dummy was trying to eat the bars of soap or something. But I started seeing these commercials on TV about this man and his wife arguing about her using his body wash. And I thought to myself, I got a bottle of that in the bathroom. I went and throw that junk out. Now, you know what the dirty trick is? 
I throwed it in the trash can. Somebody got it out. I'm not saying who. Somebody that don't like to waste money got it out. And guess what? When I got down here and opened my little uh, personal effects, she put it in my bag. <laughs> She's going to get it when I get home, too. Amen. But that's where we come to a bunch of sissy men arguing with their wife about who's going to use the body wash. That's pathetic. That makes me want to puke. If you're the man you ought to be, you skip two or three days of taking a bath. Amen? Let's hear some amens right there, fellas. Amen. That's right. If you don't have a husband that stinks every once in a while, you got yourself a mouse. Amen. Amen. Now this message is only going to take me five more minutes to preach, so don't worry. Don't worry. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and made him a coat of many colors. And when, he, when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and uh, could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and, all stood, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. Uh, if that's not understandable, let me tell you what that was. Uh, they out there cutting the crop out of the field. And a sheaf, or whatever they're growing, they tie it all together and they bundle it up and lay it there. And when they get it all cut and bundled up, they'll come back and get it. Uh, you probably had some old farmer in your neighborhood baling hay and the, the baler bundles it up and plops it out on the ground and some 12-year-old kid has to come by and throw it up. <laughs> Amen. Uh, they call that, call that teaching kids how to work. I call it Grandpa being lazy. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, it's good for the kid to make them do that. Uh, but bind that up. You know, they bind it up and they lay it out. And Well, he says, we was all out working in the field. And we're cutting down this weed or whatever and tying it together, laid it in a bundle. He said, I got my bundle done and my bundle stood up. And that's where I'm wanting to wake up right there. I don't like dreaming weird stuff like that. I don't want that dream. But anyway, his bundle stands up, and then all the brothers' bundle stands up too, and they all come over and bow down to his yeah. chief like, it, like his is the king. Yeah. And these boys understand what he's talking about. That's not hard to interpret, is it? Dreams ain't usually hard to interpret. They're just not hard at all. But anyway, he says, uh, your chief come over and did obeisance to my chief. And his brother said, his brother, verse 8, his brother said, uh, said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign? They knew immediately what he's talking about. Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more. That's triple hate already. They hated him, and then they hated him more, and then they hated him more, more. <laughs> and he dreamed yet another. Jesus said, You hate me because I tell you the truth. Amen. Amen. He dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more, and behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and his brethren, and his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou, that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come and bow down ourselves 
to thee, to the earth. So the next dream he has, it's not just his brothers, it's his mom and daddy too. Yeah. Now that's unseemly even in our uh, uh, culture that we live in here. Yeah. Sons ain't supposed to tell daddies what to do. Right. Sons ain't supposed to provide for daddies. Yeah. Daddy's supposed to provide for sons. Yeah. Amen. And that's the way it is. That's the way it should be. But in this particular dream, Joseph said, all my, basically what he's saying is, all my brothers and my mom and daddy going to have to follow me. And what did he get for it? He got rebuked. He got rebuked for it. And that, that's, a, that's a dangerous thing. That's a, that's a dangerous society. We live in such an individualistic, and I'm all for individual, uh, individualism. Uh, America, free, independence, I'm for all that stuff. But you've got to know when an idea becomes perversion. When you get to the place where you can't be instructed, you're too independent. When you can't be led, when you can't be taught, when you can't be convinced by a reasonable argument, your independence has become stupidity. And it's not helping you. It's hurting you. And, and people live this way and they keep going that way. And uh, you say, well, I like light. I like nice preaching. Well, how come you had not got right yet, though? Amen? And parents say, well, I don't like that kind of stuff. I'm not going to deal with that. I'm not dealing with no hard, straight talk. I'm not going to deal with that. And so at the same time, uh, they realize it's a contradiction to say that and then whip their kids to discipline their kids. I, I'm not saying you've got to whoop them every time, but you've got to discipline them to the extent that they need. If that includes a whooping, then that includes a whooping. So they're not willing to do that. But then look how it's turning out, though. I don't have to give you a recap of the last month's news. I don't have to remind you that there's a school shooting every day. When I was a kid, uh, half of our class had a shotgun in the back window, but none of those shotguns ever got out of those trucks and come inside and shot nobody. Amen. Because they had straight preachers. The mountains where I come from had straight preachers, and they had hardworking mamas and daddies that got together and stayed together and disciplined their kids and raised them right. Amen? Not saying there was no bad apples in the bunch. I'm just saying that was the norm. That's not the norm no more. That's not the norm no more. And so we, we're, we're going to pay for it. So we don't want to live that old-fashioned way. Okay, don't, but you're going to pay for it. I can't do nothing about that. I said it in Sunday school this morning. I wish everybody had what they wanted and did what they wanted to do, but it just don't work that way. It don't turn out right that way. Amen. So Joseph says, you're all going to have to do what I say. You're all going to end up bowing down in front of me. And look what it says. His father rebuked him for it, but look what it says in verse 13. Israel said unto Joseph, do not, uh, no, I'm, I'm too far. He told his father, look at verse 10. He told his father and his brethren, and his father rebuked him and said unto him, what is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? And his brethren envied him. But look what it says. His father observed the saying. And that's, the, that's going to be the difference in the way things turn out for these people. Uh, his brothers hated him more. And his father didn't really like it either. But his brother thought about it a little bit. And those are, those are two. I, hate, I don't want to, try, want to try to get psychological. The, the last thing you want is a... Uh, old country boy like me trying to get psychological with me. But you look in every single case that you ever run into in your life from now on. And the people that get mad and just say, I ain't listen to that. 
You watch how their life turns out, and it turns out bad every single time. Now, you can also have a guy that says, no, nah, that's stupid, or that preacher's too mean, and they'll talk like that, but if they go away thinking about it, the Lord usually going to get a hold of that person. They're going to do the right thing. I can remember being a rebellious teenager in a very strict church, and I can remember getting mad and shaking my fist at a guy in church. A guy, we got out of church, and a guy from the church who would not mind his business kept coming to the house and saying, y'all need to get back in church. And one day I got so mad at that because I didn't want to go back to church at that time. And I shook my fist at that guy, and I said, you need to mind your own business. Lord have mercy. Oh, I was like... 16 or 17. I got such a whooping when I got back home. I mean, <laughs> mama tore me up. I'm like, I'm 16 years old. That didn't matter to her. But anyway, listen, I said that to that guy and I walked out the door and went up in the woods and sat down on a stump somewhere and I sat there thinking, oh, that guy got me mad. But he sure is right. And without that kind of an attitude, I would have never got right. I got in the Marine Corps and I've done a lot of stupid things and saw a lot of things that no man should ever see and I would have never got back, would have never got back to the place that I am right now if somebody, if somebody early in my life wouldn't have been saying, this is right and this is what you're going to do. And if you don't do it, it ain't going to turn out right. And I'd like to make it more rosy. Uh, uh, if I was smart enough, I could probably tell you all what I'm telling in a better way, but I'm not smarter than that. This is who I am. Uh, th- this is who this is who I was. This is this is how I was raised. This, uh, straight, plain talk is how I was raised. But listen, when I wanted to go, when I didn't want to listen to what was being said out of that book, I shook my fist at it too. But there was something in my heart that says, I, "But that's right, though." And I believe that agreeing with that book, whether you like the way it's presented or not, is the only way you're going to make it. Now, here's the message of the message. What? I better tell you what happens first. They all get mad at him. His father sends him down to help him do some work. And they tie him up and put him in a hole and sell him into slavery. That's how it turns out for him. Now they sold that boy into slavery. And that boy ended up saving all their lives. And brought them to the same place they sold him to. And they all ended up in slavery. The Bible says they spent 400 years being oppressed by strange people. 400 years. 400 years. 400 years, Mama. 400 years, Daddy. Listen, I could take you back. In my life story, I've been alive for 50. In October, it'll be 53 years. That's all I've lived. But I know my family history like a book because a lot of it's written down in legal papers. And I can take you back. I can take you back to murders, divorces, beatings, abuse. I can take you back to every kind of bad story in my family that you could ever imagine. But if you follow that story back long enough, you can find a preacher and a kid that decided they weren't going to follow nobody's rules and nobody's expectation. In other words, all the trouble that's ever been caused in my family that I can find anything about, it can all be traced back to one person's decision. So these boys right here, this is 11 boys that are envious. 11 boys that are envious. Daddy's paying more attention to this boy 
than he is to me. And then on top of that, that boy says, y'all going to have to do what I say eventually. And God gave him the dream that said it. And they said, we're not going to go by that. And put thousands and millions of people into. You say thousands of millions. No, thousands of millions that come from them 11 boys. Not, not, th- not millions of people all over the world. Millions of people that come from those boys were enslaved in hard bondage because of what those 11 boys did. Now, here's the message. What if those boys would have just bowed down right there? When Joseph come out there and says, this is the way it is. Everything you've got and everything you do going to end up bowing right in front of me. What if they had said, okay, Joseph, You're talking about erasing hundreds of years of hardship. You remember, there was a time in Egypt where Pharaoh got a little bit envious. He had the same problem his 11, that Joseph's 11 brothers had. Joseph got a little envious of how strong those people were becoming. Uh, uh, not Joseph, Pharaoh. Pharaoh got a little bit envious of how those people were working and producing and said, kill all their baby boys. See, all you heard about was Moses and one woman's obedience to God hiding Moses. You don't hear about, listen, they killed those babies. And every one of them babies that got thrown in the river, a lot of them got saved because the, 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 the first commandment wasn't throw them in the river. The first commandment was when the babies are born, kill them. But those women feared God. Hey, then Pharaoh sent somebody else after them. And those babies were being destroyed, but this one mother saves Moses. And you hear about Moses, you think all turned out good. But there's a bunch of babies that died because of that. But you think about that a minute. They didn't die because of Pharaoh. They died because the 11 boys wouldn't get down safe. If that's the way you want it. Ain't no daddy wants to bow down to his little boy but the day Joseph heard that story, he should have just got on his knees and said, well, hey, if Jacob, I, say, I keep saying Joseph. The day, the day Jacob heard Joseph say that, if he had got down on his knees and said, that's right. If that's the way God wants it, that's the way we're going to have to do it. But we hear a message from God and we think, I ain't doing that. I can't do that. I don't want to do that. I don't like doing that. I was raised this way. I think this way. I've got to do it this way. The school teacher told me this. The psychologist said this was a better way. We hear God's word and hear it preached and we say, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, no, no, no. And we go our way and how much trouble follows that? You've got an illustration right there. Eleven boys, rebellion, put millions of people through hardship. Oh, the people that followed these 11 boys down into, listen to me. The people that followed these 11 boys down into Egypt, they got delivered. You say, oh, see, they got delivered. They got delivered out of Egypt, but every single one of them died before they got into the promised land. None of them made it out. None of them made it out. None of them made it out. 
And listen, if you, you mamas and daddies, you boys and girls, when you hear the things preached out of the Bible, when you sit down by yourself and read it, if you don't just bow down to it and say, this is the way, this, it, this, the Bible says, the Bible says, this is the way, walk you in it. Uh, somebody was watching the Star Wars thing and I heard them say it with my own ears. This is the way. No, that's not the way. This is the way. This is the way. And if you don't bow down to it, man, trouble is going to come and it's going to compound. It's not just going to come, it's going to compound. I couldn't tell you. Brother Curtis, I couldn't tell you. I've seen people come into this church and sit in this church and their boys are sitting right there on the right on the same pew with them. And they are uncontrollable. They are uncontrollable. You know who I'm talking about, don't you, Curtis? They're uncontrollable. And you say, man, what's going to happen to those kids? Let's don't even think about it for a minute. How did they get that way? And you're looking right there at a mom and daddy that are both uncontrollable. Uncontrollable. And you know what's going to happen to that generation after generation? They're going to be uncontrollable. And you can say you're a Christian all you want. But if you don't bow down, you're going into, into bondage. And all your family. And all your family. And if they get deliverance, there's still going to be problems associated with it. Amen. That's absolute truth. Listen. I said in the church as a member of one of the rowdiest families that's ever been in the Appalachian Mountains. They were mean. They would shoot you. They would kill you. Those boys were mean. My mama's brothers were the meanest men and the toughest, rowdiest men you could ever find. I mean, that's not to be looked up to. That, that is not commendable. They were car thieves. And uh, w- one time a fellow just said something to them at the grocery store, said something offhand to them. And they followed him to the bowling alley and shot that guy. Shot him. You don't talk to us that way. Bam, shot him. The guy spent the rest of his life in a wheelchair and then died. Now listen, some people think that's cool. Some people think that's comment. No, that's nothing to be looked up to. But, but listen to me. I sat in a church. I sat in a church that was strict, had all the rules. The preacher said it's this way. And if it's not this way, it's going to turn out this way. If you follow this way, it's going to turn out this way. You follow the right road, you come out to the right place. And you know what I did? I looked at those uncles, and they looked better to me than bowing down did. So I followed them a little ways. And I got into some trouble. And if you've ever walked in a different way from your daddy, you know it leads to trouble. But listen, God gave me another chance. God delivered me out of some things. God helped me with a lot of things. But listen, I'm 53 years old, and I've been in church this time for a very long time. But I've still got problems from not bowing down the first time. The thing to do, boys, is to bow down the first time and stay. Stay bowed. Amen? Stay, stay right. Stay connected. Stay uh, under the direction of your preacher. Stay under the direction of the Bible. Stay under the direction of your daddy. Stay under the direction of your grandpa. Just stay there and stay bowed down. 
And if them 11 boys would have bowed before the bondage, there would have been no bondage. There would have been no bondage. And there would have been, listen, those people came up out of Egypt, I'm all, that's all well and good, but they all died. All their children that got to go in, they still got to go in, but they still had the stuff they learned in Egypt. You can get out there in the world today, but you're going to, listen, when you get right, you're still going to have the stuff. You're still going to have the luggage that you had. I'm not trying to take any away from the joy you should have for being saved or being delivered. You, you, you've got a right to the joy that God gives you. But boy, it would be a lot better if you just bowed beforehand. There's not a person in this room that wouldn't agree with me and say they should have done right before they did wrong. Amen. And that's, for a lot of you, that's a possibility. And for those of you that it is a possibility too, I would neglect everybody else in the room to spend the time this morning to tell you. Get in. Bow down before, bow down with, uh, to, I'm not talking about bowing down to no man. I'm saying what the man preaches and what the man says, submit yourself to that. Submit yourself to God's Word. It's right. It's all going to come out like it says it does and just stay committed to it. If you've been out there and you come back and you've got baggage and you've got stuff like that, that's all well and good. I do too. But do the right thing from here on out. Now, my little girls, i got one of them here with me and my boy here, got one of them here with me. This boy never going to, this boy, ne- I am never I am never going to put him in a place where one of his uncles that don't go to church gets that primary spot in his life. Never going to do it. I'm never going to do that. And I don't care. I don't, I don't care who that makes mad. I don't go to family reunions. If they're going to drink, we're not going to it. Uh, my, uh, my mom and my dad got divorced. Uh, uh, that's a terrible thing. I'm so upset about that. I love my dad. I love my mom, but when my dad left my mom and started hanging out with another woman and she moved in with him, my kids are not going to their house because that's not right. It's not, it's not that I'm being judgmental about him living with her. I went over there to see him, and, and I went over there and, and stuff like that. But I'm not taking my kids to that because I don't want my kids to get the idea that any part of that is right. He said, that's so mean you're gonna, they're going to lose so much time. Well, they could lose so much more by letting somebody else's false ideology being set up. Listen, if I could go back and not go with my uncle when he was still in the car and learn how to do that, I would gladly sacrifice. On this end of it, on this end of it, I would gladly sacrifice that. Gladly sacrifice that. And Lord, Lord, God help me and God be merciful to me if I ever put my daughters or my sons in a place where they could be led astray by somebody who won't bow down. Because I know, listen, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, the bondage part of it is coming. It's coming. Now, for any of my brothers, for any of my cousins, I've got so many cousins now that are on meth or heroin or fentanyl or stealing stuff. I would do anything for any of them. I'm not talking about not loving them. I'm not talking about not caring for them. I'm I'm not talking about that. But the Bible says, uh, uh, what Joshua says about me, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I've got to provide that opportunity for them, and I've got to give them a good example of it. And I can't afford, I can't afford for some uncle or cousin to look better to them. Because you know how a young mind thinks. It looks, 
The freedom of this world looks so good to a mind that don't know nothing. That's why you still got people that are 70 years old still dressing like Motley Crue from the 80s. It's just, that's just how far the mind goes. I don't care nothing about that. I'm not saying, all I'm saying is my responsibility to that little boy over there is to bow down now and to give him the, the example that he deserves. And he may not even understand it yet, but his responsibility is to bow down now. Submit himself to this book now. So this message is not for mamas and daddies or boys and girls. It's for everybody. Everybody on this earth. You better find yourself a Bible. And I'm not talking about idolatry or bowing down, but to the, to the God of this book. To what he says in this book. Amen. And making it real. Boy, oh, I wish I could say a hundred more things. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness and for your grace. I wish, God, that I was a better preacher. I wish I could say things better, uh, to have things uh, more uh, organized in my mind. But, Lord, I just don't have that kind of mind. I know what's true, though, and what's right. I know if these boys would have bowed down, the bondage would have never happened. It couldn't have happened. The Bible says we reap what we sow. And with, uh, except that they rejected the word that you sent them and the warning that they sent them, they would have never been in bondage. Thousands of lives would have been saved and millions of lives would have been saved. And Lord, I can see that in my own family, God. I, I have buried cousins and relatives of all sorts, God, that's been killed simply because they lived the life that they lived. There could have been so much suffering saved, so much sorrow avoided in my life and in their life had we just bowed down before the bondage. But Lord, you said we reap what we sow. Lord, I don't know how to say it any better, but Lord, if you could take what's been said and change it around to the hearts and minds and the ears of these people here this morning. Uh, people not used to sitting and listening to the preaching anymore, but God, if you could use what's been said this morning just to work and shape and convince in people's heart, even God, if there's somebody that's still not, their heart's not fully set on serving you. Help them to be one of those people like Jacob who went away thinking about what was said to him. Them 11 boys despised, but Jacob walked away and he kept those things in his heart. Lord, these people may not be ready to bow down. They may not be ready to serve. They may not be ready to, to give their life to Christ or to live a Christian life, but help them not to forget what was said this morning so that when the time of crisis comes and the time of bondage comes, they remember there's a place to go back to and a place to bow down at. We'll thank you and praise you, God, for preserving that place and preserving your word and preserving your truth. And we thank you for it and praise you for it. Help me, O oh God, this week. I need your help this week. I'm not a professional, O oh God, but I pray you would help me. And I'll thank you and praise you for what you do. In Christ's name I pray it. Amen.